And as I'm doing this, little by little, I almost didn't notice it. My mind, like, I was changing. The way I thought was changing. I was evolving. So I'm pouring into myself while I'm living. I, I had people cussing me out. They like, man, what's man? Turn some music on. Turn some trap music <laughs> on. And I'm like, man, no. Like I'm trying. I gotta pour into myself because I was live driving like 10, 10 hours a day. Welcome to Black Wealth Weekly Podcast, where you can find different guests being interviewed by me, Shaniqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, every single week where we will be breaking down how they got into their respective industries and are creating wealth for their families. You don't want to miss an episode, so hit the bell and tune in. What's up, family? I'm Shadiqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, and you are back for another episode of Black Wealth Weekly Podcast. And today, I have no other than King Cyrus here. He is the guru in tech, y'all. And if you don't know him, you're probably living under a rock. Um, but... King, what's going on? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm extremely excited to be here. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here, number one. I had to have you because I literally put out a PVA for professionals that are making over $250,000. So what we do here on this podcast is we interview successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and athletes to learn about how you guys are building wealth in your life, right? Yeah. What I know is that you know wealth is built a multitude of ways and I tell people all the time personal finance is personal so you gotta like figure you know what I'm saying you gotta figure your way through this world um, so I love that you are building wealth through tech so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do Thank you. I appreciate that uh, yeah so um, I'm Cyrus I work in tech um, specifically I'm a sales engineer in tech so that's my nine-to-five uh, but after breaking in this industry uh, I didn't go to college I don't have a degree I don't code I don't program I don't do any of that you know th that super technical stuff even though I work in tech nevertheless after breaking into this uh, industry doing a boot camp I was like okay all right I'm making pretty good money now I just hit the little six-figure mark working from home I was like okay what's next you know how can this scale further so you going a little too fast okay all right cool I'll we, back it we, up. yes we, we gotta <laughs> slow down a bit because you want to glaze over oh I just got into tech no degree no uh, no skills, no coding, all the things that yeah. we perceive tech to be, and then you started making six figures. Yeah. Slow down a little bit and take us through that process. So you started working in tech, and how long before you were making six figures from home? Yeah, so uh, so I was live driving and doing a, uh, I knew I needed to get in tech. I was like, yo, I'm not making good money right now. I'm making an average American income. I was making about fifty to $60,000. And so I was live driving at night during the day taking courses because I was like, yo, I need to get to at least that, that first threshold, that benchmark of six figures. Absolutely. So did a short program, short boot camp, broke into tech, started making six, six figures. And, and your first job. Yeah, my first job. Yeah. So, so uh, technically they, they hired me on at $90,000 okay. a year, but it had uncapped commission on top of that. So mm. I was at about $98,000 on track now, for that. Now, how did you just get a tech job making $100,000 off the gate? Yeah. So right now, many jobs in tech, so 48% of jobs in tech are non-technical roles. So mm. almost half of them don't even require you to be technical. So once I realized that, I was like, okay, well, how can I get those roles in tech? Uh, a lot of people don't know, like most of those roles, they don't even have college courses to teach those things. So they're, they're so new and they're evolving so quickly, college can't keep up with the demand and the evolution that's constantly happening. So other people have created these, these boot camps, these programs where they're able to meet that educational need. 
through those programs, these programs are very short because uh, they're constantly evolving, constantly changing to keep up with the demand of the industry. So I did a little bit of research, looked up a few different programs, found one that I felt had a role in tech, being a sales engineer, something I felt was spot on with what I wanted to do. I, I checked to see how much money they make right. on average. I said, yo, the money looking right. Right. So I took that leap of, <laughs> uh, leap of faith to do the program. And then um, eight weeks after finishing the program, I got a few different offers. All were around eighty-five dollars to $105,000. Wow. I was like, yo, I want to take the one where I'm going to be able to work from home. Oh, wow. So I took the $90,000 yeah. with the uncapped commission. And yeah, boom, I was in tech. And so uh, once in the industry, after a few months went by, and I was like, yo, this is incredible. I'm like, man, how come, you know, how come more people who look like me, more people who look like us are not talking about this, are not in this space? Yeah. And so I was like, man, okay, I have a pretty large platform. It's, it's a lot larger now, but at the time I was like, I have a pretty large platform. I said, yo, I'm eating good. I said, man, I, let me help other people out. Right. So that's when I started telling other people about it. And then a lot of my followers, of course, were like, well, okay, can you put us on to how you did it, whatever? You know, hey, I can't afford the program you did. Can they give us Talk a discount? How much was um, how much was the program? Yeah, so the program that I did was at the time it was thirty five hundred dollars. They've okay. gone up a couple hundred dollars since and then. And it was an eight week course, you said. Yeah, so it was four weeks. Oh so, wow! So the other it was only four weeks, and I did it from home. So I did it from home, four weeks, uh, and it was only two hours a day. So oh it was God. it was very simple. So two hours a day uh, for four weeks. It took me um, eight weeks in the program. They they applied to companies for me, so they set me up on a bunch of interviews. They fixed up my resume to be industry standard. Uh, they gave interview Are coaching. Are you dropping the company or? Am I, well, I going to drop their name? Yeah, like you want to drop the name. You know what? Not? So I'm, I'm usually really big on not saying a company's name unless like they pay unless me. Unless they pay you. I, I, I get it. But. I get it. For, for you, for you, and for this and show, for I'll go ahead and say that for Let, the people. Let's help the people yes, out. So we, the program, we, we really, we, we really here for y'all. Yes, we want to exactly. help y'all out. So. Yeah, yeah. so the program is called Careerist. Uh, so they have a, a few different courses. They have sales engineering. They have um, QA automation, manual QA, uh, as well as a tech, tech sales course as well. I encourage people not to do their tech sales course because there are more affordable tech sales courses out there. Uh, so yeah, so after doing the program, they, they give all those tools, all those gems. I was like, yo, okay, everybody's asking me if they have discounts. So I hit the program up and say, hey, do y'all have discounts? And then they said, well, actually, yeah, you're one of our alumni. We actually allow our alumni to be able to refer their friends and family. You're able to give them a discount and we actually give you, it's like an affiliate marketing. Right. We actually like, you know, Pay kick, you kick something back to you. Yeah. Once I found that out, it was game on. No brainer. And so I initially, uh, I was like, yo, I started going hard, educating people about the space. And now I have, uh, I match my income in tech now. So now I make, uh, j just for my nine to five in tech, since then I've scaled. We might be able to talk about a little bit about that, about how you can scale very quickly in this industry. You do not have to stick at one company for two or three years. Like those days are, are over. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, you know, I know, um, Back in like my parents' days, grandparents, you know, they would go get a job working for 30 years. Yeah. Even over the last 15 years, the landscape um, of the workforce has changed. Yeah. What does it look like in tech today? Yeah, so in tech, so tech is a really interesting industry because most other industries, you every year your income typically grows about one to three percent. But in tech, even if you if you stick at your company, you're still going to get a raise of about ten to twenty thousand dollars. Even hmm. if you stay at your company, that's an annual raise for the majority of tech companies. But what's interesting is that when you actually 
like jump companies or you transition companies, you're looking at a raise twenty to thirty thousand dollars. And this is this is this isn't just uh, this isn't just statistics and facts that are out there. This is something I've seen in my life, all of my friends, right. where year after year, whether they're staying at a company, they're they're jumping twenty thirty thousand dollars, or if they're jumping to different companies, they're scaling thirty to fifty thousand dollars sometimes. So are these companies like big known tech companies, or are they small consulting firms? Like where do people go to look for these kind of jobs? Yeah, so one one um, misbelief that people tend to have, or one myth, is that it has to be the big name companies. You know, it has to be what's called uh, what's called Fang. You know, in the in the tech industry, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be those companies. Like like most tech companies in general are making hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So the majority of them are unnamed companies. Like if I mention some of the companies like Dialpad, HubSpot, you know, Zoho, and I could just go down a list of companies, like I'm sure most people are like, what in the world are those companies? <laughs> those are all billion dollar companies, multi-billion dollar companies. And some of them we use. Like I know, yeah. you know, we use Zoho, so that's what we have to do is look at the things that we use. And, you know, I mean, of course, sometimes we're not going to know. But, yeah, I mean, Zoho, I've been using for years. Never even thought of it as a technology company. But I pay them every month <laughs> to use their technology. Yeah, these companies are making money. <laughs> so so you can look across and you can go on platforms like LinkedIn is probably the, the best place uh, okay. for for to find tech companies. And you can literally go in there and look up a specific role and see that there are thousands of tech companies hiring for that role. Big gotcha. companies, small companies, like all over the place. So what does a sales engineer actually do? Yeah, so as a sales engineer, I give uh, demonstrations or presentations of my company's technology to an interested business. So it might be, uh, let's say, like, so the first company I worked at, Dialpad, you know, which Dialpad is a, a direct competitor to Zoom, there will be a company that might need like a meetings uh, platform or they might need something uh, like they need a, a, a phone for like their customer service, but they need all the calls to be transcribed to a certain level of accuracy. So as a sales engineer, I would talk, I would have be set up on a virtual meeting with that business owner and maybe a few people on their team and I would do a demonstration. I would share my screen and do a demonstration of our company's technology. Wow. But I always, the, the demonstrations are always very intimately tailored to their specific, what's called a use case or their specific issue, flaw, pain points that they're having within their business. Gotcha. And so that's simply what I do is like know my company's technology, not to code it or, or, or program or set it up, but just have an understanding of the technology. So that way, whenever I meet it, we have a unique prospect or customer, I'm able to prepare a perfect demo that's tailored uniquely to them. Wow. So you don't even do anything techie. No, no, no. <laughs> I just, it's the, the way, the, the best way to explain it is imagine, imagine your, your grandparents, they want to be on social media, yeah. but they don't know what social media app they want to be on. They're like, ah, like, should I be on Facebook? Should I be on Instagram? Should I be on, what's this TikTok thing? Right. It's like you would ask them, okay, well, why do you, like, what are you looking to do on social right. media? Like, are you looking to make long form videos? If that's the case, maybe let me show you YouTube. Or are you looking to just go live? Okay, if you're looking to go live, that could be Instagram, that could be YouTube, that could be Facebook. Okay, so now let's go a little deeper. Let me ask you more questions. And the more questions you ask to see what it is they want to do, you know what platform to do a demo for and what to show them specifically that's tailored to what they want. That's essentially what it is. Wow, I love that. So you did your four-week course. They yeah. start shopping you around, and they pretty much got yeah. help you get a job. Yeah. All right, so your first job, you was making about 90 100 mm -hmm. 
what was the ascension from there? Yeah, so from there, I, I stayed at that company for six months. And, and, and once I hit about five to six months, that's when a lot of companies started reaching out to me. Because mm. one thing in the tech industry, like once you've, you've been in the industry for six to nine months and you've been kind of networking just a little bit on, on, on LinkedIn, posting things on LinkedIn, letting, letting being visible, yeah. companies start blowing, they, they start sliding in your DMs. <laughs> And so by the time month five hit and companies started messaging me saying, hey, look, we'll, we'll offer you more money. We'll offer you this. I took it to my company and I wasn't really planning on leaving until finally there was a company um, I met up with at, at a networking event where they literally told me to name my number. They said, well, how much money do you want? Mm. And I told them, I said, well, at the time I said 135000 And they said, yeah, we, we could do that. Mm -hmm. But then about... A month later, when they were actually starting to like get ready to like bring me on, yeah. I said, "Yo, this is unprofessional, but I gotta keep it real." I said, "I actually want more." Yeah. And they said, "Okay, well, how much more do you want?" And I was like, "Well, I would like one hundred and forty-five thousand instead." And they said, "We'll do you better. We'll give you one hundred forty-five thousand, and we'll give you a twelve thousand dollars sign-on bonus on top of that." Stop playing. And so I was like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, so they brought me on, and and then I wasn't even there before a couple months. Another company reached out to me. And not only were they offering more money, because at this point, you, you know, like once you start making more money, what really matters is you you quality. being at, yeah quality, like yeah. where you're at. So a company reached out to me, offered me fifteen thousand more than that. Yeah. But also, it was a better opportunity, it's a leadership opportunity for me to also be able to like hire people on, train people, things like that. Yeah. So all I'm trying to do now at this stage in this industry is is learn the industry, learn the game, yeah. so now I can educate other people. Gotcha. So literally, uh, where I'm at now is from both the the money of like referring people, help people get at the boot camps or, or do these boot camps and programs and helping people get discounts and be working at tech now I've scaled over three hundred thousand mm. dollars and all of it is, is remote no no degree nothing like that at all wow and this has been how long of a process I haven't even been in tech for a year so my my what? start date yeah I, I did the boot I finished the boot camp again it was a four-week boot camp I started it in July I finished it at the beginning of August first few days in August my start date at my first company, Dialpad, was October 4th, was my start date, October 4th of last year. Mm. And I, so, and what's now September, so right. I'm, I'm, I've almost been in tech a year, and I went from making about fifty dollars to $60,000 to now over $300,000. Wow. All remote. And your first year. Yeah, my first year. So, so it's, it's only up from here. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> At this point, I'm just curious to see where this can go. I'm like, yeah. how far can so this go? So where do you want it to go? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, when you get into places like that where you have a skill that's in high demand, mm -hmm. you can really call for what you want, you know? So I think your career looks like whatever you want it to look like. Um, so what do you think that looks like for you? Like, what do you want? You want to be a leader? You want to be a manager? I know for me, when I was working in corporate, I didn't want to manage nobody. I feel that. Everybody come in with a story. <laughs> they dog sick. They might, you know, like, oh, I, I just, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um. So what, like, what are your aspirations in this space? Do you want to, you know, stay an independent uh, individual contributor? You want to go into management and, you know, or do you want to grow your influencer side where you're teaching more people how to get into the space? Man, that's what it's about. So there are a couple different things that I'm trying to do right now. So, so where the plan is at is... I want to stay working in tech for at least another year. At, at this rate, I could at least at, at least a year. Listen, I mean, you could be at five hundred in three years. Yes. So, so there's a few routes you can go, and and this is the thing that has me torn. Okay. I know how to in a couple years, just even without the the affiliate, the marketing stuff, without the the social media, all that stuff. I know how to just working your job in tech, how to scale to half a million dollars in in, in just a couple years. Talk to us. So. 
Oh man, you got me about to drop some stuff. Okay. <laughs> That's what it's for. Right, Let's okay, go. Look. All right, okay, look. So there are there are sites. I'll mention one. Uh, one is called Meet the One Hundred. Meet the Top One Hundred, where there are sites that list the top one hundred like startup tech companies. So these are companies we're talking about literally as early as they're in like their seed round to companies that are series A, series B in terms of like their investment rounds. And so one of the things that people don't realize is that many of these companies that are early on, so so most tech companies in in general, before they, they go public, you're able to get like different stock options with these companies. And these stock options are huge. Like even if I had to stay at Dialpad, if I had to stay there for a couple more years, once they would go public, that would have been half a million dollars right there in my pocket outside of my, my um, salary. Mm. So one, many of these startup tech companies, if you get in at one of them, which is way less competitive because these are newer companies right. that, that, that desperately need people. So there's much less competition with these startup companies. Less people know about them. They don't have a big name. So you're able to get in at these companies First off, you're able to have those those you're able to you know have those stock options. So that way, once the company does go public, on the low end, you might get a couple hundred thousand dollars outside of your salary, or you might you might luck up big and get a few million dollars when the mm. company goes public. So that's one thing you can do. But the second aspect of it is that again, you starting at a company, you being at a brand new company, you will know their technology. You'll know all of the employees. You'll know the CEO. The CEO will know you by name. Right. So now you're set up to where if you if you play your cards right, you can work yourself into an executive position at a company that potentially could become a billion dollar company. Right. So now you're talking about you being a millionaire just working a nine to five in tech. Mm-hmm. So there, there's so many angles and, and things you can do just working a job in tech. And then of course, we know we take that money, invest that money in real estate, Absolutely. invest it into the stock. You, literally, you could do whatever you want to do with that money and in order to well. scale it and grow or, yes. or invest it into a business that you're doing in your six to nine. So it's it's so much. You know, we talking money here, we talking what you Listen. can do with that money, talking building wealth. Listen. And so it's like, which direction you want to go in this industry? What do you want right. to do with it? So what you thinking? What I'm thinking is that I, I really love helping people. I really love, cause when I started, cause making money is good. It feels good. It feels so relaxing when you're not stressed about bills and stuff. You're like, ah, we good. It feels beautiful. But I'm not gonna lie. When I started making more money and then I was like, okay, I'm making six figures now. I hit this point of like, okay, what's next? It started to feel depressing. It mm. was like, dang, like, okay, I can go to whatever restaurant I'm gonna go to now. I can get almost any kind of car I wanna get now. I could, it's just like, that's it? And then that's when, like, just, like, basically God showed me, like, no, your purpose is to help other people get here. Mm. Your purpose is to help other people eat. And so my passion is really helping other people, whether it's them breaking into tech or or something else. But right now I'm really focused on it being tech, helping people break into this industry and those that are already in this industry, helping them scale. There's people that have been in tech for five, six years, and they're not even making $150,000 yet. So I'm like, okay, let me educate people and help people. Yeah. And so that's where my heart is at right now. And I've seen how this can, because again, I'm at a place now where I don't have to work my job in tech anymore. Yeah. I could just do what I'm doing now and still be making about, about 200K. Mm-hmm. And with the team and stuff I just hired on and other boot camps that are trying to partner and work with me, and even now working with boot camps that are like overseas, because everything I've been doing are boot camps that only work with people in North America. Okay. I just partner, started some partnerships with, with boot camps that work with people in all different parts of the world. Mm. So it's like this alone, I already have 
have it mapped out to where this alone should be a seven figures at least by next summer. Mm. So right now I'm staying in tech mainly because one, I enjoy it, I love it, but two, to continue absorbing knowledge and information so I can continue to pour that back into our people and, and right. be a good resource for them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, most likely I'm going to eventually step away from tech yeah. so that way it'll just be all about helping people get into tech and building a business that's centered around educating and helping people that way. Gotcha, awesome. Woo, you said so much. You said so much there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So where did I want to go back to? So I wanted to go back to stock options, right? Yeah. Cause we're talking building wealth here and you know, I have seen, so I'm a financial advisor by trade and an accountant and I've seen people let their stock options expire. Oh, I didn't Mostly know that was because, a thing. Yes. So it's Sheesh. because you don't know, right? So yeah. like we're not educated on, so yes, you're making money. Yes, you're getting these opportunities. But if you're not taking the time to educate yourself personally, you still can be lost in the abyss of just making and having money. Yeah, that's true. Right? And then, you know, I think a lot of us go through the season where we're making money. Like you said, you're doing all the things. You're traveling. You're buying your cars. You're, you know, buying everything that you didn't have. Yeah. Healing your trauma with the money. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it feels so good for the short term. Yeah. Um, but then for the long term, I feel like we miss a lot, right? So I, I've worked with a lot, uh, not a lot, but I have some professionals that I work with uh, from accounting and financial perspective where it's like um, they're making great money, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And, you know, not really teaching or educating or doing anything like that because they're mostly just focused on their job. Um, but like I said, um, I have seen people let their stock options expire. So what happens? So have you um, participated in any kind of round of owning stock options? No, I haven't. Gotcha. So I'll just, I'll, I'll educate a little bit on yeah, it. Educate me, please. So um, stock options, right? So a stock option is when you, you're you working in a company, they want you to become invested in this company, yeah. right? So they want you to feel like you are an owner in this company mm -hmm. so that you're going to come to work, you're going to do everything they want them to do, right? Mm -hmm. that you're going to do everything they want you to do to help grow the company and you're going to stay. Yeah, because now you're you're like, yo, this is my money now. This listen, is my baby. And guess what? You might not be fully vested for five years. So in order for them to keep you locked up for five years, because they know you're a hot commodity in these sex shoes, <laughs> you know, they know the companies are going to be coming after you, giving you offers. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they lock you in with those stock options and stock options can be great, um, a great opportunity for you to build wealth. So how it works is um, they say here. Um, when we offer stock, you'll have the option to purchase at said price, like whatever the valuation is today. So let's say, you know, they just have a $10 million valuation now, and then they go to their seed rounds. And let's talk about five years later, right? Now they're ready to actually go public. Um, and they have a $100 million valuation, which is really nothing. Yeah. You know, $100 million is that's just 10x. But if they do a billion dollars, that's 100x, right? Yeah. So, you know, let's just say every year you get, I don't know, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 in stock options. Um, you have the opportunity to purchase stocks at that said price of the contract, which is typically, you know, like I said, it's at a valuation where the company is worth a hundred less. So, you know, even if, you, so let's just say you had $50,000 worth of stock options, multiply 50,000 times a hundred. That's how much mm. uh, value you now have of this company. So That's you crazy. own 
stock in the company worth 50,000 times 100. What is Ooh, that? Ooh, I think that's is 5 that million? million. That's 5 million, yeah. Right, so now you are worth $5 million just from your stock options. Sheesh. But this is what happens. So I have seen people work for all kinds of, you know, large corporations and they get stock options and they don't know what to do with them. They don't know what to do with them, right? And so what happens is if you don't, any contract that you have typically expires, right? We have yeah, laws, we have statutory laws where you can't go after certain things after one year, five years, 10 years, right? Yeah, that's true. So your stock option contracts, if they expire, you can no longer exercise them. Man. So you done left that money on the table. <laughs> that's wild. And, you know, people don't know. They think, especially when you work at, you know, these big corporations that have been around for 50, 100 years, um, they think it's just a part of their retirement, their benefits, and I'll figure it out when I get to retirement. Oh, man. Yeah. So if you don't exercise your stock options, number one, if you are in any kind of position where, you know, your, your job is offering benefits to you and you have no idea what the benefit is, what it means, you probably should reach out to a financial advisor, um, get you some kind of consulting to understand, um, because I hate, like, I have seen people waste options, you know, waste their stock options, and, you know, that was your opportunity to cash in. That's on 50, tough, 000. especially especially the fact that they were a part of that business scaling. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it could be them scaling or it could just be a tactic that companies that have been around use to keep good people. Yeah, that's true. Right? So, you know, it, it, it's, you know it, it's, it's a part of your compensation package, right? Yeah. And I tell people this all the time with their benefits. Like, even if your your job offers you five, seven thousand, ten thousand dollars a year for um, education, and you and you don't use that five, ten thousand dollars a year, you're literally telling your job here, no, no, thank you. You can keep this ten thousand dollars that they budgeted for your salary. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Man. So it's like a part of your salary, right? It's yeah. a, another form of compensation. It's just a deferred compensation um, mechanism, and unfortunately, our people don't understand it often. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, y'all, if y'all have stock options or you've heard your job talk about stock options and you have no clue what it is, you don't know how you qualify, when you qualify, reach out to your benefits department. Um, and, I mean, honestly, the, the benefits people make like $15 an hour. So reach out to a professional that can help you really decipher what you got going on. That's a good gym. Yes, yes, that. yes. So. This week's episode is sponsored by ABCs for Rich Kids by seven-year-old author and entrepreneur Bryce Nicholas. Please tell us where we can find your book. ABCsforRichKids.com Awesome. This book is so amazing, guys. It literally goes from A to Z with different financial terms for your little loved ones. Awesome, so we've got F is for future value, E is for evaluation, H is for air. Guys, if you do not have this book, the Amazon number one bestseller, please go and grab it now at abcsforrichkids.com. Oh, awesome. So do you, I know you said you have, right now you're referring people to um, to the courses, to yeah. these tech courses. Do you have a course yourself or what do you have going on um, when it uh, when it comes to your, your new platform? What is it called? Tech is the New Black? Yeah, I do. So I, it's weird. I do have a course. I try, I try not to promote it too much because I've always been like weird about like my own thing. It's just like, ah, let me tell you about these other things. Uh, but I do have a course. Uh, I actually ran it as a, as a live uh, webinar 
and where it's a it's three parts. So the first part is basically showing people what it is, like who you need to be, what you need to work on in order to be as successful as possible at these boot camps. Because most of the boot camps that I recommend, they have about an 80, 85% success rate where you do the program and you That's break good. into tech making good money. It's a really good success rate. But my heart of hearts is like, Okay, I want to that first day of the course, I want to look out for maybe that 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 20%. That might be. Like let me break down to you what you need to do, how you need to think, how you need to move, all of that. Cuz let's be real, like everyone who wants to make a lot of money, everyone wants to make good money. But it's like everyone is not the type of person who has the proper work ethic. Who, who thinks like on a level where it's like, okay, let me like let me be a self-starter, let me study, let me read, like let me do all of those different parts. So yeah. the first day is breaking down, okay, what you need to work on, what friends and people you might need to cut off, because don't think you about to be up in this industry making $150,000, $200,000, and you still just kicking it with the boys on the block type yeah. of thing. It's like, so okay, what friends do you need to cut off, what books do you need to read, what things do you need to do to change your mind? Because before I got in tech, before I even thought about getting in tech, there were things that I had to do to change the way that I changed so my let, thinking. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. What um, what was life like for you five years ago? I so, mean, let, let's even go back ten. Woo. Let's go back ten years ago. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 32. Okay, so you're you're young. Yeah. Let's talk about 22 year old. Yeah, 22 year old me. <laughs> I was a traveling spoken word artist. Okay. Uh, so I was doing poetry, uh, mainly things at churches, conferences. So. I had a brand, I was popping, but I was broke. Okay. And so and that's one thing, you know, people don't see on social media. It's like I know people with, with well over a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers that are like extremely broke. And not like they're broke because they got a nice car, a nice house. They're just really broke. And so <laughs> I was becoming that person where it's like, mm. okay, I got 30, 40,000 followers. And I'm doing this poor. I look popping because I'm yeah. at these huge events. I got a lot of crowd. A lot of people know me. Yeah. But it's like I'm broke. Right. And so that's where I was at. I eventually started producing events, my own poetry, entertainment events. And those events grew. They scaled. A lot of people were coming. But I was still broke. Breaking even pretty I, much. Yeah, literally just breaking even. Yeah. And, and so at, at that point... Uh, some stuff happened in my life that like really like tarnished my brand and things like that. So then I had to go and get a job. I was like, okay, I got to get a regular job. Yeah. I had do no. Do you want to go into it? Like, what? How, how did you tarnish your brand? Yeah. So, that's so wow. I was so I was in a relationship, and it's one of those things where when you allow your relationship to become a part of your brand, especially when you're not married, it's like it's one of those things where if the relationship ends, and I didn't realize this. We were together for a while. It was a very public relationship. I didn't realize that my brand was now starting to become attached to the relationship, where the relationship mm. was overshadowing the brand. So when we broke up, literally we broke up at the top of the summer, and for any artist, it's like that's where you make your money is really in the summer. And we broke up right, right at the top of the summer. When I tell you email after email after email of events canceling, like bookings, I lost like half the money I was gonna make that year. Wow. So I went MC Hammer broke that year, <laughs> and Car broke down. Like when I tell you everything, like when it rains, it pours, like everything came down. So I ended up having to move in with my older sister. And uh, man, thank God I was able to move in with her, but I had to stay. She gave me my niece's bedroom while my niece slept with her. And my niece had a little My Little Pony bedroom. And everything, the wall wall um, paper was My Little Pony. The carpet was My Little Pony. The, the, the bed sheet was My Little Pony. The pillowcase, like people would try to FaceTime me and I would be like not letting them FaceTime <laughs> me because I'm like, and all they gonna see is My Little Pony, like pink and green little ponies. Even like the little glow lamp, like when you turn a glow lamp on, it was like My Little Pony glow lamps. And oh I'm a grown goodness. man sleeping in a twin size My Little Pony bed. Like you wanna talk about humility? That didn't have a car. 
didn't have a source of income. I had nothing. I was low. Wow. And it was in that season I looked at myself and I said, dude, you're like, bro, you're 29, you know, dude, you're 29, 30, and you're broke. And it's like, even when I had to, I was okay, I got to look up normal jobs now. When I started looking up jobs, I realized I don't qualify for anything. I said, I qualify for like 11 bucks an hour type of jobs. Mm. That hurt. And I had to, as a man, get an 11 buck an hour job. Mm. And I would literally be at the job and people would sometimes see me and be like, yo, you're Cyrus. I follow you. What are you doing here? You want to talk about humility? But in that season is when I realized, yo, I have to find something, some career that I can quickly break into. I was like, I can't do four, six, eight years of college. I said, it has to be something I can quickly break into, but it's also a career that's in high demand that pays good money, and it's a skill set that'll constantly be in high demand. So I just did the simplest thing you can do. I just went on Google, and I just looked up top like 30, 40 uh, paying careers, and out of all of the different jobs that came up, the most consistent were jobs and careers that were in tech. Mm -hmm. And that's when a light bulb went off. So around this time, my sister put me on game and said, oh, you should start Lyft driving or Uber driving. So I started doing that. And while doing that, I literally was praying. I was talking to God and I was like, okay, God, something has to change, something has to change. And then it was like, okay, well, instead of me listening to trap music all the time while I'm Lyft driving, let me start listening to Audible. Let me start listening to books and stuff. Something I had never really done before. I started doing that and I started listening to different different books on business, different books on time management. A little self-development. Yes, a whole lot of that. And as I'm doing this, little by little, I almost didn't notice it. My mind, like, I was changing. The way I thought was changing. I was evolving. So I'm pouring into myself while I'm living. I, I had people cussing me out. They like, man, what's man? Turn some music on. Turn some trap music <laughs> on. And I'm like, man, no. Like I'm trying. I gotta pour into myself because I was live driving like 10, 10 hours a day at the minimum and doing other stuff to try to make money. Right. So I said, like, this is my time to educate myself, to change myself. And then gradually, once I knew, okay, I need to try to get into this tech industry, that's when I started reading and listening to, to different books about the tech industry, listening to books about different tech moguls, Elon Musk. I've read his entire story, Jeff Bezos' story, Steve uh, Jobs' story, all of their stories, and realized how they built these empires from the beginning and all the way up. Realized the way they thought, the way they moved. I started listening to other podcasts, like How I Built This. Of course, our boy, you know, uh, David Shands and Social Proof Podcast. I'm listening to all these different things and it completely started transforming me. So by the time I was ready to step into the boot camp, and by the time I finished the boot camp and, and, and got at my company, I was a completely different person. Mm. So the Cyrus three years ago, if he had of tried to break into tech, maybe I would have broken the tech, but I would not be even where I'm at now. Right. And so all of that, it took a lot of that to transform me, not just into a person who could break into this industry, but also into a person that can scale much further and now be someone who's helping other people get here. Yes. Woo! Yeah, God is good. That's a whole bar. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so good. That's so good um, because, you know, I, my next question was going to be, like, did you know anyone in tech, right? So mm -hmm. I know a lot of times it's like, can I even do this because I don't know anyone? Like, I, I used to want to be a doctor as a kid, and I just didn't know anybody. I didn't know no black doctors. I didn't have any black so. doctors. Um, I didn't see any black doctors and I just felt like, uh, well, maybe I'm not going to be a doctor, right? Because I didn't see that representation. Yeah. Um, but you literally 
you did the research and I was a lot like you, right? During um during my, my, my nine to five job, I would literally be just on, on Google, just searching stuff, yeah. highest paying careers, or I always wanted to see like, well, what's next, right? So what's yeah. next for me? What do I need to be this person? Like you said, you went to the job boards and you saw you weren't qualified for any of the jobs. So that that was my process as well. How do I qualify for these jobs? Okay, you need five years experience, you need this, you need that. And um, through my corporate career, I found myself overqualified at mm, one point. That's crazy. Because I had started working in corporate America at Merrill Lynch at 19 years old. So by the time I'm like 25, I have six years experience. But the people that I'm coming out of college with are brand new with no experience. And the jobs want to pay them that way. But I have six years experience already. So, you know they weren't looking at me as if I just finished college. They were looking at me as an experienced hire, but I was still only 25 years old, so I can't come in and get a ten, you know, a five, six year, 10 year type of job. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was- uh, That's tough. Yeah, it was, it was definitely tough, um, but you know, nonetheless, the pro- my, my process was exactly the same, trying to figure my way through that, 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 um, that corporate cycle. So, I mean, it sounds, I'll tell you this, for me, I eventually got to a place where I just felt trapped in corporate, right? Like there was nothing that I I was applying to a hundred jobs a day or a week, right? Applying to a hundred jobs, literally on the job applying everywhere, going on interviews, nothing happening, Uh, graduated college uh, during the, um, you know, worst job market. um, And it was just hard for me to get jobs. So I had started to feel trapped, but it sounds like tech is like, like you can't get trapped in tech. Oh. So how does somebody that is in a tech career now where they're not making as much money as they know they should make, how do they navigate the next level of their career? And that's a good question. So there's a few different things. So if someone is not, if you've been in tech for, I'll say if you've been in tech for at least three years and you're not making 150,000. So first we, we need to break down because there's a, a misbelief. A lot of people say, oh, I work in tech. Really they mean they work in IT management mm-hmm. or something, or they do tech support. It's like, you're not in tech. And, and, and I don't mean that to slight anybody. It's just, again, people don't know. Like you hear, oh, I'm IT support. It's information technology support. Right. It's, or I, uh, I'm an IT manager or it's tech support. And it's like, well, there's two different sides of tech. There's that side where basically you're like a version of customer service, but you're in tech. But then there's the tech where you're either creating the technology, you're demoing the technology like I am, you're testing the technology out like a QA tester, you're selling the technology. It's like where you're actually working with the technology and you are bringing, you're bringing the business big, big, big money. Right. Like, you know, even when I was making 90,000, the first company I was at, Every quarter, I was making them over three hundred thousand dollars. So it's like, it's like kind of look at your role and and look at these other roles in tech that are actually uh, actually making significant money. So so first, I would say look at that. But if you're if you've been in tech for three years, and let's say you're in these other roles in tech, like you're a sales engineer, you're in tech sales, QA automation, manual QA, you're a software developer, any of those types of roles, and you're not making like significant money, look at these different things. Look at first off at your how are you networking. Networking both on social media, and again, the number one place to network uh, for social media for people who are in tech is LinkedIn. How are you networking on there? 
Are you actually posting on there or are you just on there and messaging people? Because when you post on there, and, and this is one of the things I, I, I broke down, break down further in like day two of the course, is what to do on LinkedIn. So posting things on there, things that are specific to your industry and job, using the hashtags that are specific to your industry, because that's how recruiters find you. Recruiters in the tech industry, they have a back-end version of LinkedIn where they're able to find you through those hashtags and other routes. I use so it. Oh, you've used that before? I do. I okay. Use it. <laughs> All right, so so look, you see proof. I, you see, I got I you talking. I use it to source employees. I use it for sales. So, yeah. like, if I wanted to find a sales engineer in tech, I can literally go in there, put in the tags, like you said, and it's going to yeah. give me a list. And find the people. Yep. And so, and so utilizing it that way, and then there's a, there's a, a crap ton more that we could say about that, but utilizing it so people can find you. Yeah. But then also there are ways to go about, okay, how are you now networking on there? Are you who who are you connecting with on there? What are you commenting under their posts? Like mm. are you commenting things, you know, just to say congratulations, or are you commenting something that that'll get Got them you. to engage with you, get them to to notice you. So now you can build that rapport with them. So now we talk about one, you posting content and things on there. Two, we talk about you networking on there. But then the third part is you actually going to actual networking events, specifically in the tech space. There is m so much money at tech events, it's it's ridiculous. And so you go to these live in-person tech events, you know, you, you show yourself as competent, as sharp, as funny, everybody there is drinking, having a good time, relaxing, things like that. And where do you find them at? On LinkedIn, Eventbrite? Yeah, so there's a few different places to find them. E Eventbrite is so-so. Uh, um, LinkedIn is, is a great place to find the tech events. Uh, also through just really through networking like networking on linkedin as you're connecting out with people mm -hmm. and asking people like hey do you know of any events happening in this area yeah also different major tech companies are having events you can go to uh, right now i live downtown I'm, I'm like right by all the hotels the hilton and marriott all of that i go to their websites and and i, I strategically moved there because i was like i want to be walking distance to all of the tech events that are happening out here mm -hmm. so you can literally go to these different hotels that are in in your city and you could look on their website and just look at their calendar of upcoming events. And you can find different tech events, business events, networking events, and you could literally just go to those events and then meet people and network that way. So you can go on LinkedIn, you can just Google events happening in your city, Eventbrite, or you can like use hotels or just large event spaces where tech events might be happening at, like the gathering spot here in Atlanta. Yep. Or a tech village, Atlanta tech yes. village. I know that's a that's big a one. That's so the, like the first finding, tech like, event I went to that one. Right, finding the communities that that do that stuff. I, there's a um, Afrotech. Afrotech yes. is another yes, big Afro -tech community. Afrotech is huge. Afrotech right now. Uh, Blackest Tech is happening right now in Atlanta. Mm. Uh, I'm actually going to to one of their event, one of their networking events tonight. Not to get a job in tech, but actually to meet. Uh, recruiters and hiring managers and people that have created startup companies so I can interview them so we can further educate people about the opportunities in tech. I love so it. a lot of it, but I love how you said community. Really, that's the best way. Like once you're in the community, it's like, yo, how how do you, you know, how do you find out about, you know, open mic events that are happening in your city? You know, go to one open mic event, meet a few of the poets or people that are there. And then through that community, that network, they yep. will tell you about other events that are happening in yeah. and near your city. So it's really, at the end of the day, number one thing is community. Gotcha. So when it comes to um, your wealth journey, mm -hmm. what do you see next for yourself? Well, let's let's even just talk about what you're doing now, right? So what kind of benefits do the jobs um, offer you that are, you know, whether it be perks, retirement, um, travel, cars, you know, what kind of benefits can we 
maybe go in, negotiate, and ask for. I feel like we don't do enough negotiating. No, yeah, when we, we go into these jobs, we really don't. I actually uh, was just, I just had a, a meeting with a Microsoft recruiter, and she said that's the number one thing. She notices like just different ethnicities demand different things and she said she's noticed that like just black people she said we ask for the least we negotiate the least and she's seen that time and time again so it's like man that's really crazy uh so certain benefits that are standard within the tech industry uh first and foremost i'm gonna say something you should not work at a tech company if you don't have a, i'll mention a couple of them if you're working from home and they're not <laughs> they're not paying for your wi-fi they're not covering your wi-fi that's crazy <laughs> So they should cover your Wi-Fi. If you're working from home, they should cover your office equipment. These are like standard basic things. When we say office equipment, that means laptop, like them give you a laptop. Uh, we're, we're talking, you know, keyboard, mouse, also a desk, like a desk, monitor, those are very standard things. But, but to take it a step further, solid tech companies, and I think most tech companies are like this, everyone that I've seen is like this, uh, they also go further by, they do those basic things, but they also give you wellness packages where my, every tech company I've worked at, they pay for my gym membership. I don't pay for my gym membership. The tech company I work for pays for it. Nice. They also pay for wellness. So they, usually it's called wellness. So they'll give you money and you can use it for gym. Some of them will give you additional money for you to go to therapy. Mm. Uh, there's a tech company I interviewed with. I, I decided to not work there because uh, really the money came down to money for me. But they offer one, you get one Wednesday off a month and they pay you like an extra uh, $200 and it's for you to go to either the spa or for you to get therapy or wow. something. It's just a mental health day. Yeah. Uh, one of my close friends, he works at a company that's right here in Atlanta. It's called Sales Law. My homeboy John Wood, he's a product manager. He's a senior in tech. Literally, he's just 30 years old, making ridiculous money. But his company, during the pandemic, they decided, hey, we're going to give everybody Fridays off mm. during the pandemic when when everything calmed down. We don't even know if we're still in it or out of it. It's weird. But when everything <laughs> calmed down, they, they say, you know what? We're just going to do it from now on. So they, they don't work on Fridays. Wow. Literally, he just works Monday through Thursday. Everybody at his company. Wow. And so it's like, and and, and these are these are pretty commonalities amongst different tech companies. Yeah. They do many a very variable of cool different things. Of course, you know you're you know you have the op opportunity to to travel. And again, you can work from anywhere. Like literally, work from anywhere. If I go to Houston, I went to Houston a couple months ago just to be with my family. I didn't have to tell my company. I went there and I was there for about a week and a half. Yeah. And I just took my laptop and right. stuff. And I was working. And in so Houston. you don't do like uh, consulting where you got to travel to your clients. No, 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 I don't do. So, so some sales engineers, uh, pre pre pandemic, that was what sales engineers did. They would do demos in person. They gotcha. would go in an office room. They would have like the screen, and they would do the demo that way. But of course, during the pandemic, you have platforms like Zoom, Dialpad, the company I worked for, and others that took off, where they showed, hey, you actually can now do certain like jobs and careers just working from home. You can have your meetings through through our platform, through Microsoft Teams, or whatever platform that people like to use. And so now most sales engineers don't have to go in person. But with many tech companies, you have the option to go in person, which I, I love it. I love it because you know they, your company pays to fly you out. They put you in a nice hotel, give you a car, pay for all your Ubers, pay for all your food, all your drinks, and it's it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Well, I'll tell you this: if I ever thought about getting a job, it might be. <laughs> 
No, seriously though, before I left corporate, my title was business analyst. So I was a business mm-hmm. intelligence analyst. So always, you know, done things that have to do with reporting, finance, analytics. Right? Oh, you would kill it. You would yeah. kill it. Yeah. So I know I would. Yeah, yeah just um, like you're killing it now. So Well, I yeah. appreciate you. You know, I do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love it. So that's amazing. So if um so we talked about people that are already in tech, people that want to get into tech. Um, what are some of the ways that you're, you know, you, you plan to, I know you're not even a year in, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's so crazy. It's and I guess because technology moves quickly, yeah. right? So like it, you know, time is, is, is not really real, right? So mm-hmm. like, you know, we look at time in days, hours, years, months, whatever. But when you look at technology, it literally warps time because it changes things so quickly. Yeah. Um, so what do you see, um, for tech, uh, maybe for new people that want to get in tech for the opportunity, maybe kids going to college right now, um, you know, what do you see as an opportunity for them over these next maybe five, 10 years? Yeah, definitely. So if you are going into college to be in tech, do not go to college. Mm. And I I used to hesitate with saying that, but it's it's just like if you're going in college for the goal of getting a job in tech, do not go to college because even colleges are creating boot camps right now. Like they're creating their own tech boot camps and programs because colleges are smelling the blood in the water where they're like, yo, like these tech boot camps are, are taking a lot of people away. And the colleges understand, okay, people are, are wising up, they're smartening up. It's like, yo, instead of paying, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 to go to school for tech, these boot camps, most of them cost between ten and twenty thousand. The ones that the ones that I mentioned, I promote, all cost under ten thousand dollars. So it's like, yo, colleges are, are realizing, okay, what's going on. And so, with that being said, I would say don't go to college. You can either do a boot camp, or you can do certain certifications. There's a thousand certifications, so you'd have to research which ones you need specific to your field of work in tech, and really network. Again, network online and network at live uh, live in person events. Mm, wow. And, you know, I mean, I could imagine I I personally think that college is great for people that don't know what the heck they want to do. Yeah, you know, like a lot a of us place, yeah. are first generation. And, um, you know, first of all, we're people are, are really struggling to even get by. Right. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have you know, I, I know me personally, I probably started working when I was like 13. Um, so it was always just, listen, I was, even before then, you know, always selling stuff, selling candy and doing that, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but you don't really have the ability to, um, just be free and network and make friends and all these things because you're like, I need to go, I need to get some money, right? I need to get up out of the situation that I'm in. I need to change things, you know? So, um, what I was I going to say is that I think it's hard, you know, for people coming out of that situation to just say, I'm not going to go to college. Yeah. I'm going to go out here and network. Where do they find, you know, I feel like they would need community. That's true. So where do they go to find that kind of community that can help support them through the growth and, you know, a lot of the tools that they're going to need that you, you know, would get typically in college, like from friendships and relationships and stuff like that. How do they go and find community that they can build with um, if they decide not to go to college? That's a really spot on question. And to your uh, point, one of my uh, close friends, he's been in tech for about a year. Uh, Not not a year. He's been in tech for 10 years. Um, He's like a senior. He... He makes almost half a million dollars in tech, and he takes his tech money and invests it into his tour business and into his Airbnb business. So he's 
killing the game. So he's like 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 low key a mentor of mine. He talks about how college isn't needed for a job in tech. He's but he does say that college, the benefit of college now is building that network of people and building that community. Yeah. So, so so, to your point, there's an immense amount of value when it comes to having that network and that community of people and also the character development, life, all of those different aspects. But some of the places to go to to start to build out a community is, and it's gonna sound strange, because I know we, we bash social media a lot for it like messing up like this uh, society and, and our social you know social interactions. Yeah. Nevertheless, social media is a great place. Again, like you mentioned earlier, Afrotech. Literally, if you follow a page like Afrotech, the community of people that are in tech and trying to get in tech that are on Afrotech, they live all in various parts of the world. Literally, you can go on there and I see people all the time meeting people through that platform. So if you go to Afrotech and, and Afrotech or, or, or Blackest Tech, even what we're doing right now with Tech is a New Black, like right now, it's just a podcast. We're gonna start doing live in-person events for the goal of people building out that network. Gotcha. So I would say one different forums on social media, whether on Instagram, especially Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, but everyone in the tech community says like, Twitter is the place really? for like so like for, for building a network of people yeah. that are in tech, and I'm like that's really crazy. People love Twitter. Like the they people that it. are on Twitter love it. Man, they, I never used Twitter. I was never into it. Yeah, that's that's not my thing. That's <laughs> that's not my thing. I, I don't I don't think I have the uh, the guts for Twitter because people they people be, be going crazy. Man, they be going crazy. <laughs> I was like I don't think I, I have it in me for all of that. Uh, so. Yeah, but they say that that, that 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 Twitter, like the tech community with Twitter, especially with like like people of color, they said it's like popping there. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. So really utilize social media. Like we mentioned earlier, hashtags. You don't have to be I a think recruiter. Facebook groups too. Like Facebook yeah. groups are low key, like don't get talked about. But no, they really don't. You can literally Google uh just search any business or field you want to be in and find the groups. Of people mm -hmm. who gather. No, that's yeah. very true. Yeah. That's very true. So really, you can search these different platforms, and then you can narrow it down to like platforms or people that are in your city, in your area. And then half the time, people are having meetups. Speaking of meetups, there is a platform called Meetup.com where there are groups. You can go to Meetup.com and you can search for tech groups. You know, women in tech, women of color in tech, Latin women in tech, Black women in tech. You know, it's so many different varieties yeah. of groups you can find. Gotcha. And then once you're in those groups, now you have that community. I love it. Awesome. Whoa. This has been a super, super fun episode. I love it um, because, you know, we don't talk enough about these industries. No, no, tech, we don't. engineering, medicine, right? No, we, don't. we, you know, we we typically want to go into into these fields that look sexy yeah. and are, you know, are are highly publicized. <laughs> um so I love that we've been able to kind of put a timestamp on this cuz I'm sure that with the work that you're doing and so many other people in the tech space that more black people are going to be you know, coming into that space, being able to make a good living, build wealth for their families. Um, so let the people know where, you know, where they can tap in with you, what you've got going on with Black is the New Tech, and, you know, what we can expect from you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so y'all can tap in. Like, the number one place that I'm on is uh, Instagram. That's the number one place that I'm just kind of usually housed at. 
Uh, my Instagram is I'm just Cyrus. That's I M J U S T. Where I'm sure you're gonna have it have it down in the bar somewhere anyway. So anyway, uh, let me kind of back up. But yeah, you could, um, I'm just Cyrus on Instagram. Uh, definitely check out Tech is the New Black, uh, which is on Instagram as well as YouTube. Again, any of the questions that you're gonna have, myself and my team will be able to answer those questions for you in the DMs, in the emails, all that good stuff, as well as uh, with the different um, seniors in tech, people that know way more than even I know. I'm gonna be bringing them on so that way they can give you all free game to break into this industry and even more importantly, scale. Got it, I love it. Any last words of wisdom you wanna drop on the people? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, first off, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, what I would say for y'all is, man, do not think that whether we're talking tech or just any of the other industries of, uh, of, of people that uh, Shaniqua has interviewed, make sure that you understand that you belong here. You belong. If you feel like, okay, well, I don't think that's for me. Like, how could I possibly do that? I don't think I'm, I'm this. I don't think I'm that. Understand that literally the only difference between you being in any of these spaces is just you putting in the work. Whether that's you getting educated or whether that's you networking, the only difference between where you're at now and where you want to be is you putting in the work. You belong here. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, King, for joining us and blessing us with this information. Don't forget, y'all, if I get me another job, it's going to be in tech. Yeah. <laughs> you good. You good. I'm going to call it Cyrus. I'm going to call it Cyrus. <laughs> but if you are looking for a job, you want to get in tech, make sure you tap in with um, King Cyrus here. He's going to help get y'all together. But thank you so much for joining this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly. I'm your host, Shanique Nicole, and I hope to see you next week. Peace. Thank you for watching this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly. I'm your host, Shaniqua Nicole, and I hope to see you next week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on them notifications, and head to blackwealthweekly.com where you can read all the new episodes of these entrepreneurs and so many others.